Hey, you listen and chew on that. And here's what we're chewing on today. On Father's Day 1999, Ron Schanenberger, he jumped into the shower and asked his wife, Amy, to go and wake up their seven-month-old son, Tyler. When Amy walked into the bedroom, she found their son cold and stiff, face down in his crib. She screamed, Ron ran into the room and immediately told her to call 911. When the doctors examined the baby, they ruled the cause of death to be SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. They buried Tyler two days later. A few hours after the funeral, Amy sat in the living room sobbing. She was racked with guilt, couldn't help but thinking that she should have checked on him more often during the night. The night before Father's Day, she had come home exhausted. Ron had already put the baby to bed, so she immediately went to sleep. As she sat on the couch weeping, Ron sat down and told her an unfathomable story. While their precious little seven-month-old baby boy was playing with his feet in the crib, Ron loosely wrapped his head in plastic, sat down, ate dinner, brushed his teeth, and came back just in time to see his precious baby boy take his last breath. He then removed the wrap, turned the baby on his stomach, switched off the light, and went to sleep. He was always the first one to go in and wake Tyler up, but that Father's Day morning, he asked Amy to do it because he had planned for her to be the one to discover the body. With a look of shock and horror, she asked him why. He said, now we're even. Even for what, she said. He went on to tell her that he had never forgiven her for not cutting a cruise she'd been on with her parents short to come home and comfort him when his dad had died. He told her that the minute that she did that, he decided to marry her, have a child with her, and to someday kill that child. What was it that left behind such wreckage, the carnage of a dead child, broken marriage, shattered wife and mother, and a 49-year prison sentence for a husband and a father? One word, bitterness. I want to talk about that today in a message that we're calling A Bitter Pill to Swallow. Hi, I'm welcome to Chew on That. Like, okay, we'll stop right there. Yeah, we'll Um, stop. We both, as we were, like all three of us in the room when we were about to press play, we're like, uh, that story was a tough one to swallow. So I'm I'm a little out of sorts with with that. You're listening to Chew on that. Hey, yeah. a podcast where we talk about the uh, the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening at Life Church in Green Bay. With the caveat that that story in the intro, uh, ugh. it's yeah, it's a downer. <laughs> it is. I even feel like. Like we have different muse intro yeah. music for today. <laughs> Needs to come on a little bit like slower. Pastor Jessica goes, We're really gonna do that clip? I'm like, Well, yeah. that's how this that's how the show's formatted. Like we yeah. I there was no place for me to cut the like anywhere in that clip that made it better. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, Pastor Sean is such an expert storyteller. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it is like, if I just read that story, I'd be like, wow, that guy's messed up. But like when Sean tells it, I'm just like, oh, I like feel that. And I mean, that's part of what makes him a really great pastor. So kudos to him, but like, oh, yeah, <laughs> gut uh, punch. We, the, the, the word the, of, of the week like the Pee Wee Herman word of the week. <laughs> like, so the, the, the week we were, this week we we're talking about bitterness and that is bitterness. I, I would say more psychopathic, mm. more than bitterness almost, but that is like, that is bitterness to the extreme. Yes. So, yeah. so we were talking about week six in the no hard feeling series mm-hmm. and the topic is bitterness. Yeah. Wow. And what do we do? What do we do? Where do we go from here? Well, I mean, it really could only go up from here, which is 
shocking considering the the weightiness of yeah. bitterness. This message was incredible. If you didn't listen to it, go listen to it. I think, uh, you know, based on that first clip, you could be like, well, pfft. I definitely don't struggle with bitterness, uh, but I think you do, or maybe you have, or there's been some pieces of it throughout your life. So for me, I felt like this message was almost, it was freeing in a way mm-hmm. to like, and that's, and that's how the truth is. When you see stuff and you can point at it and say, that is what this is, that sets you free. Yeah, I agree. I am going into the message. I was like, I don't like, it's a great message. I don't know that if I'm really bitter, but then like I would have thoughts throughout the week and I'd be like, oh, maybe I do have things I'm bitter about. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe bitter is not the word. Maybe grudge, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe a distaste is, 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 is another synonym for the, the root feeling that you have, which is bitterness. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, um, where I sit for both services, I sit in the, in the back row, um, because I'm, I'm in the worship band. So, um, me and my wife sit in the back with, uh, with the other band people and ushers and stuff. And so <clears throat> I tend to keep my eyes, uh, open-ish during the ending portions, because, uh, if somebody raises their hand for salvation, I, 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 I there's a couple of us that make sure that pastor Sean from where his vantage point is, can see that there's a hand raised, uh, even towards the end. So mm-hmm. if, if someone raises their hand, like they will be like, we're pointing at that person. So, so a uh, pastor can recognize them. And then, you know, I, I guess maybe, maybe it's, it's the fear that I want to make sure that my church family is safe. Mm-hmm. So I think that if the entire room had their eyes closed at the same time, that would leave the possibility of something to happen. And so I, I def, I, I mm. just, I definitely keep my eyes open or, or pop them open ish during uh, the end portion where he asked if people were, are, are, are feeling bitterness and uh, resoundingly a lot, I would say more 70% of the people raised their hand, which is, it stood out to me. Cause like yeah. I could tell you every week how many people would, you know, the percentile would raise their hand, but the, just the amount of people that raised their hand when they were harboring some sort of bitterness. I think it's, it's more common than, um, than I I guess that you would think. Um, but it's also, it's also more, it's very telling that our church was honest and said, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a hard thing to admit that you have bitterness inside of you. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, my name is pastor Keith and joining me as, (laughs) as always is Megan. We have a special guest here for the second week in a row, Pastor Jessica. Woohoo! Yay! She Happy works in kids. <laughs> she works that in I kids. do. In case you missed last week, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Um, what else do we have? I don't know. I I think that set the scene. Yeah, it's real tough. Real tough to to make uh, current events side jokes. Yeah. Into that one. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's let's do jump it. Right Maybe in. we just go right in. Yeah. <laughs> Of all the emotions that we're gonna cover, I think that this is probably the most dangerous. Of all of them, uh, I fear it creeping into my life more than anything else because bitterness is an acid that destroys its own container. And sadly, I know that this room is filled with people who are wrestling with it. There's some emotions that we're gonna deal with, there's some emotions that we're gonna talk about that some people deal with and some people don't. But I think every person in this room has had some sort of an encounter with bitterness. 
You're bitter at God for a tragedy that happened in your life that you feel he could have or should have prevented. You're bitter at a spouse who left you for another person and made you a single parent, left you to raise these kids on your own. You're bitter at a company that let you go with no severance even though you served them faithfully for decades. You're bitter at someone who physically or sexually abused you, stole your innocence. You're bitter at a father who never gave you his approval or a mother who never affirmed her love for you. Maybe you're bitter with the church because you've had some sort of a bad experience. Whatever your reason or how justified it may be, some of you are in this room and you are bitter. And it is silently eating you alive from the inside out, which is probably the most dangerous thing about bitterness, is that it is internal. It can be hidden. It's like swallowed anger and it lays, it lays in wait. So he says, bitterness is an acid that destroys its own container. And that just made me think of the story that he told, like that guy ruined his own life to ruin somebody else's life. Like it's hard to fathom that you get to a point where you're so upset at somebody that you would ruin your own life to get back at somebody else. I know. I was actually shocked he only got 49 years in prison. I thought that 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 prison sentence is pretty light. Like he deserved a lot more, in my opinion. Um, but I, lo- I really like what Pastor Sean says about uh, bitterness. It is, it's hidden within. And I do think that we... We can kind of think grudge, it feels a little external, right? Because it always has to do with someone else, but it's not, it's completely internal. So yeah, the, the acid eating away at, at itself, I just, that is such a picture that I, I'm not gonna be able to get out of my head. And uh, after the sermon on Sunday, I, I kind of remember thinking like, well, bitterness, it can be about more than just somebody. It's not always about someone or something. And I, I maybe just didn't quite catch all of his examples you know, as I have now in this clip, but that's just it. It can be about a lot of different things, a lot of different scenarios. And so maybe you're not like, well, I don't really hold a grudge against any one person, Uh, but maybe you do against God. Maybe you do against a company or, or like you said, a church. Um, And especially after the turbulent past two years that we've been to two and a half, three, I don't even know, past couple of years that we've been through at some point, you experienced something that did not meet your expectation. And are you still carrying that along with you? That right there could be a catalyst to unlocking bitterness within you. So yeah, dang. So the both of you have a question and you don't have to answer like aloud. I think aloud's the word right there, not out loud. Is cool. It, this is, is a very low pressure question. Yeah. Low, low pressure, <laughs> low pressure. Um, Okay, I'm going to first preview it with, a, with an idea. Close your eyes, and listeners, you can do this too. Close your eyes, unless you're driving. Please keep your eyes open then. <laughs> but con- you know, concentrate on both. I, why are you listening to this if you're driving? You don't listen to podcasts when you drive? I, I, listen, don't know. I listen to this podcast sometimes while I drive. I take driving super seriously. Like I, I, I don't, I, it drives me bonkers <laughs> okay, okay. When, when, when I see people on their phone. Well, like, yeah, you, like you are driving a 1500 pound torpedo at 80 miles an hour. Like look up. Do you drive in complete silence? I have a little bit of worship music on. A little bit. (laughs) But I'll pray. I pray. I pray during. So anyway. All right. All right. Easy there. All right. (laughs) 
Let's go to this, go to this idea. Think about the, the thing that you've resented the most in your life. Think about it, smell it, hear it's, hear it's, 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 it's voice. Are you over it? Mm. That's it. Are you ever over it? Yes. What's the definition of over it? (laughs) So maybe I am better. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I've come to, I've come to learn that it neither affects you nor bothers you. You hear about it, you think Mm -hmm. about it and it doesn't sway you in any direction. Mm, It's your, it's almost as if you've just read a story and you have no ownership of it. Mm -hmm. Like ownership's maybe not the right word. You have no uh, emotion about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it it is, it, it, and I know a couple of weeks ago, I talked, maybe it was last week, that I talked about uh, remorse that I had. Um, now, when I think about those instances, I know I'm over it because I don't instantly think, gosh, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe you did that. Like they're, they're as if I'm watching a movie of someone, uh, uh, just watching a movie. Yeah. And, I, and I can get up off the couch and walk away and be like, well, that was a, that was a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think uh, I like that question, Keith. And it, it gave me this mental image of like uh, the puppet with the strings. What's that called? A marionette. There you go. Marionette. Where if it's still pulling on your strings and causing you to react and move in a certain way, then you're still bitter about it. But if you're able to, to live in the path that you know God is calling you to be, to be the person that you know you're supposed to be and your actions aren't influenced by uh, that person, that situation, that incident or whatever, that past anymore, then perhaps you have forgiven and, and forgotten, right? Mm-hmm. Which we'll talk about later. Forgive or forget, um, forgiven. I'd say forgets a tough one, especially like with my, with my past, it's important that I don't forget. Yeah. Like I, that's good. and the, it, some people will be like, you should, you should like the forgive and forget mm. such a, such a coined term. Yeah. Forgive and forget, forgive and forget. Well, if I forget, if I forget how to do multiplication, I, I, I will have essentially never learned it. You know, so I am a very, I got to keep the door open to my past, but with that door open, it, it, it can't affect me. Yeah. It can't affect me spiritually, emotionally, um, physically, mm-hmm. you know, as I, as I say physically, and, and I've thought about like bitterness and the, the chain reaction that bitterness may have, like people, some people like to do physical actions based on a bitterness that they don't even know they have. Like I, I think of people that overwork, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Overwork out. You know, some would say, well, that's, that's a healthy lifestyle. Good for you. But, but is there overworking out a result from, and I, I, I know one person in particular that is on my heart and head when I say this, because when they were younger, they were picked on for their weight. Mm. And so you look at their lifestyle today and you're like, well, look at him. He's, he's really healthy. Yeah. Good making good food choices. But is that actually like how you said, like, is there a marionette just pulling the string mm-hmm. yeah. that I'm doing this because I remember children making fun of me on the playground and that hurts so much. And I don't want to say that out loud, but in first grade that hurts so much. And yeah. now as an adult that is fueling me to have a quote healthy lifestyle. So there's bitterness in that, that even can, can yield what people would say healthy decisions. Yeah. You know, you, you, you look at like, the idea of prostitution, you know, almost all of them have some trauma mm-hmm. in their childhood. Yeah. They're, 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 and I know this is kind of cliche, but there's statistically proof that, 
you know, either their dad spent no time with him or they spent way too much time with him. Yeah. You know, and now that chain reaction, are, are they bitter at their father? I don't know. A psychologist may say, yes, inadvertently you are, but they, they would say, you know, they could easily say, no, I'm not bitter at that, but it has caused a chain reaction. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about bitterness. It like, it weaves its way into the thread of who you are to the point where if you exposed your bitterness, if you confessed it, it opens up such this, like it can open up. And this is why I think it feels so tough to address bitterness because it literally pours out the fiber of who you are and it explains why you do things. Um, the choices that you've made, the mistakes that you've made, right. It can, it can open up all of that. And that is a very vulnerable position. Um, so, so that I think is why addressing this and talking about how to think through your bitterness and it, you can think through it internally. It is internal. So, I think you still should have people around you that you can confess this to and talk about it with. Uh, but let's start, let's start with you. That's very, that's, that's incredibly critical that you have uh, an opportunity with somebody you trust to let that cat out of the bag. Yeah. You know, we are as sick as our, as our secrets, you know, the things we True. keep inside are the things that are crippling us. Uh, when you take the, take that opportunity to find someone you trust and share not only what happened, but why it happened, mm. you know, and then at the same time, share that with God and get honest with him. I, I, I would have reason to believe because it's worked in my life that it will be the remedy to yours. So before we go into the next Psalm bite, do either one of you want to say your answer? And I think they're yes or no's. And you can say, no, I don't want to share my answer or no, it doesn't affect me. And I want to say that because I'll, I'll answer the, my, my thing that I'm the most bitter about that at one point in my life, I screamed hatred for, uh, doesn't affect me whatsoever anymore. It wow. has no bearing. It is, it is, it is, but three sentences in my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, I would say, yes, I'm aware of them. I've been aware of them and it's something I'm actively trying to work through. Um, so Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the things that have made me bitter or where I've seen my bitter roots, uh, have been overshadowed by my will and my desire to do the will of God and to further his kingdom. And when I hold fast to that, to seek first his kingdom in his righteousness, all of that other stuff for me is like, I can, I can manage it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I can forgive it and I can forget it because I know where I'm going. I know who I am supposed to be. And I have found that for me, that's a, that's a great remedy for, mm. for when I kind of feel that, like it's the rising, right. Of like, I was wronged in this way and I was wronged in that, but who am I, mm-hmm. who am I supposed to be? Yeah. Let's talk about that. So you're going to not to uh, make you say it, say it again, but so you're saying no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't affect me, but I, I know where I have harbored bitterness mm-hmm. in my life. I think that's my point. Um, I'm aware of it just as like you said, Keith, you haven't completely forgotten it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know where the bitterness lies within me and, and the, I can think of, you know, things that have happened to me where I'm like, I could hold so much bitterness over that. I could write a book about that. <laughs> right. And I could be like, mm-hmm. uh, 
well known for that, but I'm not going to, because that's, you know what I mean? Like I have, I have let it go and it is not my identity anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Has the bleeding stopped? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I asked that because I I think that it's important that we identify uh, if the bleeding has stopped completely, Mm. has a scar healed Mm -hmm. or are we still uh, losing blood, even at little bit that it is. And it just doesn't hurt. Have we just gotten used to losing blood and it not hurting? Yeah, um, that's good. It brings it, it, it brings to mind uh, in Greek mythology Achilles. It's where we get the name of our Achilles heel. Yeah. Uh, he was he was a, a a great a great warrior in Greek mythology. Um, in the Trojan Wars, great warrior. Uh, no one could defeat him in battle. He he would totally like MVP Tom Brady of of the Trojan <laughs> Wars. Um, but what ultimately it, what is his demise is that he has this armor protecting him, but he didn't have his armor protecting his ankles. And so when one particular person saw this, he took his knife and cut the heel Mm. and uh, Achilles, the, the, as, as the, as the story goes, he finished the battle, still wins, still is victorious, walks away, just looks and says, Oh, that's just a, just a cut on my heel. They're not going to defeat Achilles from this, but how the Achilles heel works that if you get that cut and you don't do anything, you will drain out of blood. Mm-hmm. And so he goes back to camp and he doesn't treat his small, his small laceration on his ankle ends up dying that night from losing so much blood. And so I asked the question is, has, has it stopped bleeding? Has it healed? Or is it still bleeding as little as it may be? And I just got used to the pain. Yeah. I think from hearing what you're saying, like, it sounds like you know what you need to counteract the bitterness and you're able to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like you have the tools mm-hmm. that you recognize it and you know how to speak over it to make, right. it, make it go away. Yeah. And the first part of that is recognizing, mm-hmm. recognizing your yep. bitterness. Admitting, and, admitting yes, your bitterness. Yes. Admitting it and recognizing it. And that is, that's the tough part, my friends. Uh, but again, this sermon, it points to it in such a way that you see it in yourself and you will. So when you come into the book of Hebrews, it it talks a lot about bitterness. It gives us a strong warning about the danger of it, but gratefully, it also gives us some really great wisdom on how to deal with it. So today, I wanna show you three. Three ways for you to deal with and hopefully eradicate yourself of bitterness. Here's the first is that you have to uncover the root. Uncover. The root Hebrew says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And this analogy of a root, it speaks to the hiddenness of bitterness. Roots, they're they're beneath the surface. You, You can see every part of a tree except for the root. You can see the trunk, you can see the branches, you can see the leaves, you can see the fruit, but the roots... They're hidden, they're, they're often out of sight, out of mind, and, and uh, they can degenerate progressively. You can have a healthy looking trunk, you can have healthy looking branches, healthy looking leaves, you can even have healthy looking fruit for a season while the degeneration slowly spreads beneath the surface. And even though the root isn't very far from the surface, it stretches deep into the soil. It spreads its disease into its surroundings. Bitterness is like that. It may be hidden. 
but it's never very far from the surface of your lips or of your life. Oh, that's good. And so when you run into a situation that's triggering to you or something that feels familiar to that wrong or that person, uh, what's the thing that springs to your lips? What's the first thing or the thing that you want to say, right? Like, this has happened to me before. I'm not going to be a fool again, right? Uh, or, or something similar, right? Because like you've gone through it and you know, you know how it feels and you hold on to that so tight that like you could paint a picture of that situation, of that person. Uh, and you carry that with you, even when you think like, I've dealt with it, I'm, o- I'm over it. I think even just those words, I'm over it. Yeah kind of imply that you aren't maybe over it. Um, And again, we can talk all day long about the leaves of the tree and uh, maybe you're trying to compensate. Maybe you're compensating by doing uh, more of what you would consider like good work, right? And you're like trying to sort of keep up that facade when you know that internally you're suffering, you're broken, you can't stop thinking about it, you dream about it. It's just always with you, this like weight that you carry. Um, And I think if it's against a person, it's easier to carry that almost than like a, against a thing, right? Yeah. If there's that person that you, you tag along with you. And you're like, I'm never going to be like so-and-so. Or you come across people and you think they're a lot like so-and-so. So I'm just like going to shut them out of my life, right? I'm not going to be hurt the same way twice. Wow. that's You're speaking like a person with authority on it. Mm-hmm. Well, like Pastor Sean said, we've all gone through some type of right. bitterness. It's, it's um, it, watching you talk about it. It's, it's like you're, you're not just summarizing something. You're saying something that, that you've lived with. Mm. And I like that because watching a person be honest firsthand, it's, uh, I think honesty is, is, is more, uh, more, more strength building than I think we, we as the human race give it. Mm-hmm. Honesty is. A, the, a sign of an incredibly strong person. Mm. It's a, it's not pride. It's not how crafty you are in battle. I think honesty is is definitely the the sign of an intelligent and strong person. And that was really cool to watch. And I, I and I, I guess you'll you'll explain as much as you want to on it. But as as a person listening, and maybe I'm talking for the listeners. When you said it, it's as if you spoke authority of it. Like, you know it well. Mm. And, and I hope that, because I don't think I'm, I'm pulling at straws here, I hope that you let us all know sometime mm. and you share it with us. Because I think that when an honest, strong person can be honest and strong, it makes the people around them honest and strong. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, I really liked what you said about how, um, like, when you hold bitterness, like, you you bring that person with you wherever you go. And that's so true. And it's like they take a place in like your brain and your mind and your thoughts in all of your actions that, you know, they, that person or organization or whatever it is, like they don't deserve to keep taking up that space. Oh, yes. That's so good. They're living rent free. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Rent free. Oh, that's so true. And again, that becomes your identity. When you lug it along with you like that, then inadvertently that is the root of who you are. 
mm-hmm. and you don't think that it that it is like you don't want it to be. <laughs> That's yeah. why you're bitter. You don't like it. And yet it has become the root of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, I mean, I can remember being a kid. I was like, I don't know, 13, 14, maybe. And I was a pretty shy kid. And I was like, I don't, I don't like being shy. Like I watched my friends who were outgoing and, and fun. And I could see how like they, they just like seemed to enjoy life more than I enjoyed life. And I was kind of like jealous of that. I was like, I don't want to be shy anymore. I don't like this. I want to, I want to be able to like have a conversation, not feel like hiding my head after. Right. And, um, making that decision, it didn't instantly make me not shy, but it helped direct me towards who I knew that I was like, I want to be that. And that still is me today. That still is me saying, I don't want to be always broken mess, Megan, like I used to be. I want to be known as a daughter of God. I, I want to be, I want to work for his kingdom. Like that's who I want to be. And so speaking again, speaking life over yourself. And I don't want to be this. I don't want to hold on to this bitterness. I don't want to be like that person. I want to be this. That's how you end generational curses. That's how you destroy bitterness within you, right? Like set fire to it. And yeah, sometimes you have to. When it hurts bad enough, you'll make a change. Mm. And um, I was, I, I told myself that a lot in my early, uh, my early Jesus journey. I was told that by, by people, when it hurts bad enough, you're, you'll make the change in your life. When it, when it hurts bad enough. The, the, the thing of it is though, like I had an opportunity to change the person I was and change my outcome of who I would be. But, uh, a lot of people, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea that, no, that people don't have an opportunity. Everyone has given an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Everyone, uh, in your circumstance, you will be given a way out. And I don't subscribe to the poor me attitude of, Look what the world has done to me and there's no way of getting out. The world, the world is awful. The, your existence here on this earth is the worst existence your spirit will have. And the word tells us that. You are, you are on a fast track to eternity or, or not. And it's up to you to, to take the opportunity when it arises. When it hurts bad enough, you'll make the change. Uh, I had a tree in my front yard. It was a beautiful tree. It was, uh, not big, not small. It was perfect size tree. I think complimented my house very well. Uh, I moved in and the previous owner said that they'd spent years maturing this tree. You know, they had sticks and ropes and stuff. And I guess I don't even know really what sticks and ropes do in growing keep it, trees, keep it straight. <laughs> but it had sticks and ropes. So I know somebody cared for this tree. Uh, last month I had to cut the tree down and, and eh, I look in the spot now and it's kind of nice having more sunshine on the grass, but I had to cut the tree down cause it, it developed this black fungus, mm-hmm. these spores on every branch that have been ravishing. Um, I know it has been ravishing the green Bay community. These trees are getting sick and having to get took down. Um, so it was taken down and the, God bless the guy that cut that cut it down. He cut it down like four minutes, <laughs> and then he took it away and have it incinerated so it wouldn't infect anything else. Or at least that's what I hope he did. I didn't go with him. At least that's what I hope he did. Uh, but I have this stump now, and 
It's great. Shit's cut down pretty low. Uh, I have this stump in this in my front yard. Reminds me of this tree I once had. It's easier to mow the grass, to be honest with you. Now I, I used to have to duck and the tree would always catch my back and scratch it. But regardless of which, I, I enjoyed the tree very much. Um, but I know I can't do anything to the front yard. Like I can't put another tree there unless I go and dig up and rip out all of the roots. So even though I don't see that tree anymore and I miss the tree, I'm, uh, it's going to be my first winter here. I've, I, I, we fell into our dream house some six, seven years ago and be the first winter. I, I won't see the tree covered in snow. This will be the first fall. I won't see the leaves. So I, I guess I, I had quite a, an attraction to this tree. I, I like mm-hmm. this tree very much, but even so, even though the tree is gone, there's nothing I can do to that area in the ground without digging out the roots, mm-hmm. even in its, in its ultimate demise. And even in its, possible infestation of other trees around it with this, with its spores. But the tree itself was a fine tree before the spores hit it. Even be, even after all that, the tree has gone to the incineration unit. Uh, there's still leave, it, le- it is left behind these roots that I can do nothing with my yard because it, of what it left behind. And, and I think about the bitterness that even, even if you don't take your, your shot, your opportunity, the, the one-up that God gave you in this elaborate game of Mario, if you don't take it, you're still going to leave behind some nasty roots that no one's going to be able to really work around or with until those are taken out. So bitterness, does everyone have it? I like to think yes. Um, I like to think yes. Does it affect everyone the same? Probably not. Uh, but I know that I'm talking to more people this week about something that is affecting them than in the other five weeks previous to. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah. You have, I, a, you have a shot. Yeah, yeah. I had more people come up wanting to talk about and process the message on Sunday than I've, I think, ever had. I saw a lot of hands go up. Yeah, I think it, it stirred something. And to this first point, you have to uncover the root. What is that? Mm-hmm. What is the root? Because maybe you've been harboring this root for a really long time. And now there's all these symptoms and you're sick. You've got the black spores, mm-hmm. right? And you've been kind of like cutting off leaves one by one, thinking that eventually the tree will be healthy. Mm-hmm. But it's not the case, right? It's, it's not the case. Sometimes yeah. it's terminal. Yeah, rip it out, start and it over. Sometimes you just have to rip it out. Man, start and that's over. why Jesus said you got to be born again. Mm-hmm. And I know that when we read that, we're like, "I'm a new creation." Yeah, yeah but your roots still suck. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Second thing is that you have to understand the result. A bitter root always bears bitter fruit. It has no choice. Good things can't come from bad things, and bad things can't come from good things. That's just the way I translate it. Bitter fruit always comes from a bitter root. And if that root is allowed to grow, Hebrew says it's going to cause trouble, watch this, and defile many. In other words, it's not only going to mess you up, it's going to mess up everybody who comes into connection with you. 
Like when you're bitter, you take bitterness with you everywhere you go. And, and, and it'll, do, it'll do nothing but cause you trouble. No matter where you go, there you are. Uh, when I was growing up, I was a thief and a liar. I used, I used, to, I used to love stealing stuff. I, and I love stealing everything, man. I just, if it was there, you know, I wanted to steal it. And it wasn't because I needed it. It was because when I would steal, like it, I would, I would get this adrenaline rush. It was like it was. I did a lot of drugs growing up, and to me, there was no better high, nothing more euphoric, than to go into a store and take something that didn't belong to you. It got to be my my calling card. It was the thing people just knew it about me. So I had friends who would recruit me to steal stuff for them. Hey, Amen. Uh, can, can you go to Dunham's and give me uh, give me some wristbands for basketball? He's like, bet. You want Adidas? Do you want Nike? Do you want blue? Do you want white? Do you want black? Do you want them? I'll get them all. You need them all? I'll get them all. You need the shoes too? Need some socks? And I wasn't even afraid to get caught. It was the adrenaline rush and it became part of my identity. When I went away to college, I, I had an opportunity to reinvent myself, to recreate myself, but it didn't take long until that root produced fruit. I, I broke into an apartment, stole a bunch of stuff, got caught, got convicted, and wound up locked up because wherever you go, there you are. So Pastor Sean said, um, you take bitterness with you everywhere we go. And I think of um, people who walk into Life Church with church hurt from somewhere else and you see them looking around for like what's the same about where I was that I might get hurt here too and we think um like I know for myself with my bitterness I became really suspicious of you know um this particular person like what is the same about this situation that maybe I missed signs for in the past um and I found in myself, it was easier to be mad, to stay mad about what happened than to deal with the root because it was too hard to say, like, I'm hurt, I'm sad, I'm embarrassed about what happened. So we stay in the bitterness because it's easier. Yeah. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And we, we kind of like carry that around, right? Like that's what we're supposed to do because then we can protect ourselves. Our brains are always trying to protect ourselves so that we don't get hurt, so we don't die. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. our brain's job. And so like Pastor Sean says, your brain won't let some of this stuff go. It stays under active status until you've categorized it. So it just keeps spinning and playing. And you're like, I'm not going to get hurt the same way again. It's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. And it gets in the way. Like mm -hmm. you find out you have a harder time making friends or being an employee because you have this like hurt from a boss. So you like, you can't, you know, have respect of authority or yeah, church hurt where you're like, I don't know, weird stuff, can't do it, can't be trusting. And we lose that ability to trust and have like childlike faith. Does that interrupt mm -hmm. our relationship with God? Absolutely. Yeah. It's like you get in that process of like your brain never relaxes. You're like mm. always 
active and aware in looking because, yeah, you don't want to be fooled again. Right. And that's not ultimately healthy, but you're right. It is harder to say, I'm, I was hurt, I was wounded, and at the core, embarrassed. Like, I think a lot of it, like, I should have known better. <laughs> that, was my, that was my script. I should have known better. And because I did know better, but I would be in situations anyway, right? Does that mean that I get to stay like bitter and hold on to that forever? Nope. At some point you just have to like accept that it's embarrassing and you have to learn to heal, to process, to file that away and not keep living in that. Like I should have known. I should have (laughs) known. I should have known. Because I think for certain situations, I did that for a long time and it just spins your wheels. You don't get anywhere. There's no, there's no traction. Uh, What Pastor Sean said about you carry it with you and you, you carry that trouble with you and defile many of the the scripture. It brought to mind weirdly me uh, being in college and having these professors who, you know, if they get tenure, that's a big deal. Right. Uh, but up until many of them were in their fifties, some in sixties. So like they're older. So they've been through a lot of different places. They've seen a lot of different people, a lot of different authority, a lot of different students, uh, colleges with different rules and different beliefs. Right. Uh, and I went to a Catholic college. So they, I think people would come in and they have all this like baggage, <laughs> all these professors do. And they would come and I remember like you're fresh, you're 18, 19, 20. And they just like unload this suitcase on you of, oh my God, the system. Right. And you're like, what, how am I ever going to survive in this world? Like there's so, I felt overwhelmed. I remember feeling that way about like, uh, what some of my professors would bring into the room. And that scripture for me that I think that that kind of like lit up in my brain, like, oh, I remember that of how like you just brought in all of your trouble. You just shared it, all the things and all of the bitterness and all the places you've been and all the wrongs that you've had. And you shared it with everyone who now has to take that home with them and process it and decide, is that going to become part of their story, of their narrative, of their belief system? So now do I believe that like all colleges are corrupt and all um, Christians are evil. Like I heard stuff like that all the time. And like, do I now take that with me? And is that is that mine? Am I going to let that defile me essentially? And like my thoughts. Um, and again, a lot of how I've counteracted things that I've come up against in my life is by remembering who am I? And the enemy is trying to destroy your identity in 8,000 different ways. He comes at so many different angles. I think this is just one. Yeah, the what I got from that clip was the the geographical fix. Uh, as a as a person that um, is a is a is a recovering addict, uh, I've heard I've heard many tale, and and I've also been uh, the 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 star in the tale of um, it's this city. If I just get out of this city. I, I bet you I could stop drinking if I just left this city. I said, it's the job, man. If I got a new job, I wouldn't be doing this. Mm. If it's my, it's truthfully, it's, it's my girlfriend. If I just get a new girlfriend, you know, I bet you I won't hit her. You know, I hear those stories. 
It's, it's she's the she's she's the reason. Yeah. And I've heard those stories over the years. Yeah. You know, if if my boss was uh if I just got a new boss, you know, made a little bit more money, if I'd get transferred here, go there. The thing the thing with geographical solutions is that they never work. They they never work. You get you get yourself a, a, a new job, you move yourself to a new city, get yourself a new girlfriend, get yourself a new group of friends. You're 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 gonna you're you're gonna be you're gonna be you're gonna be you in time. You know? Like when when you think of everything of all the wrongs that have happened to you, all the all the wrongs that uh, have happened in your life, and then that's not to under not to say all the wrongs. Like what I'm about to say isn't to undershadow. There are true victims out there, you know, people that are in a situation that they couldn't change, and that there are true victims. I th- I think though that the the world we play the victim card too often, you know. And when we play the victim card, then the real victims out there feel foolish to say out loud. Wow. Yeah. But here's the thing: when you think about all the things you've you've done in your life, that you know the, the the hands that you didn't win, you know, there's one common denominator in every one of those stories. And think about that as a viewer quickly. Think about these things that on the top of your head that maybe in the beginning of this episode we resented, we thought about. You know, think about those things. Just a second. Now there's a common denominator in every one of those stories, and it's you. So there are victims out there. There are. But you happen to have been in all those situations too. Mm-hmm. And when I geographically try and fix myself, I, I got to get out of here. Get a new group of friends. Go to a different playground. Find different playthings. Do it with different playmates. I bet you then it's going to get better. But they ain't going to get better. You're bringing yourself wherever you go. And... And when you have bitterness, when you have bitterness is a, is a result of fear. You know, something didn't work out. You got scared. You got angry. All these kind of dwell down to fear in some form or fashion. I, I'm bitter because this person made me feel like that. And I felt like that because then the world thought this of me. And when you go with anger, when you go with hatred, it's all stems from fear in some form or fashion. You just have to dissect it. So when we talk about bitterness like this, it's, you know, you, you have something just eating away at you and you're going to produce the same crop wherever you go. So the trick of it is, is to identify the thing that's still slowly letting blood seep out of you before it dries you up. The geographical locations, uh, you know, in, in recovery meetings, I've heard, you know, you hear, you hear everything, but you just in your head, you just kind of like go, good luck. <laughs> Ain't going to work. Good luck. This bitterness will affect you physically. It'll also affect you spiritually. It's why Hebrews says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness. No one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. Inwardly, there will be nothing but 
turmoil in your life. There'll be constant tension between you and the people around you. But upwardly, there'll be trouble between you and God. You won't find peace or joy or happiness, whether you look in the mirror, out the window, or up to the sky, because bitterness will affect you spiritually. It's a spiritual heartburn that you'll carry everywhere you go. So if you want to free yourself of bitterness, you've got to uncover the root, you have to understand the result, and finally you have to undergo the removal. And I say undergo because it's not easy. It's not comfortable. It's like, it's like surgery. I heard someone describe bitterness as a prison and they pointed out that when you put someone in the cell of your bitterness, you're the one stuck guarding the door. You need to understand the only way to get free of bitterness is to release the person that you're bitter toward. And, and by doing that, you're ultimately freeing yourself. Because you know who's paying for bitterness is you. You're, you're the one losing sleep. You're the one who's developed ulcers. You're, you're the one who's miserable and can't enjoy life because you're thinking about that person. But I got news for you. They're not thinking about you at all. So undergoing the removal, which is so easy to say, but anybody who's ever done it knows how hard it is. I, um, in the past, was at a point where I was um, pretty much so sick of myself. I was so sick of, you know, the, the bitterness, honestly, is what it was. And I knew I needed to go to therapy, go to Journey to Wholeness, do something. And I was like so afraid to because I knew how much it was going to hurt to open those doors to get to the root because like he said it is like a surgery you cut out the disease part but then you still have to heal there's still the healing process you know I think we want to please God like as as uh, believers and you do you believe you believe in God all right, you believe Jesus was the son of God and came and died and rose again. Yeah, yeah. Do I want to make God happy? Well, duh, I want to go to heaven, right? But the question becomes to what end? What are you willing to do to please God? Um, and we see that test over and over again in scripture where God challenges people to step outside of themselves, to do something that seems unthinkable, unimaginable, impossible. And you go, God, how can I do this thing that you are asking me to do? And it's the same with bitterness because you have held on to that for so long and that root is now who you are. And you go, God, if I, if I open up about this, if I get rid of this thing, you don't understand, I'll crumble like it is, it holds me together sometimes. Like it has become who I am. How am I supposed to just give this to you? How am I supposed to forgive and forget? How can I do that? But God promises that there's freedom on the other side. And I think that's what we're all speaking to right now is that yes, we've all experienced that feeling of, of just pure you really, there is no, there's no quick fix. And it just is with you. And that bitterness, it seems to overcome you, but it is not, it is not bigger than God. And I'm just reminded of all the times where 
I could have chosen to like continue to live in that or continue to, to say like, oh, you know, this happened to me or um, I experienced these things and I just, I can't, I can't move on. <laughs> but now I'm like, it, none of that matters when, when you know what you are pursuing. And like I said, I, I know that you want to please God. But what is your, where have you drawn the line in the sand and said, God, I won't step over this for you. Why won't you go past that? Like, do you think that God's going to hurt you on the other side? Do you think that you will be broken and hurting after you give something to God? Those are really hard things to, to wrestle with, especially on your own. Who can you talk to about that? Who can you be open and vulnerable with? And I think journey to wholeness is a really great place to start when it comes to bitterness. Uh, bring that stuff. Yeah, you've got baggage. So does everybody else. Well, welcome to journey to wholeness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think um, you get comfortable in the chaos, especially if you're somebody who grew up in chaos, like you don't know what to do wow. when there isn't that. And, um, you know, I've done journey to wholeness three times. Um, <laughs> I go to therapy every other week and I, um, like in one of my therapy appointments, I was like, this was a few years ago. I'm like, I just feel bored all the time. Like I, oh, I need wow. to add something to my life. I feel bored. And she's like, that's peace. Like <laughs> you're just not running from one fire to the other. Yeah. You need to learn how to sit in the peace. And I learned that I didn't know how to live without chaos because it became so um, just an everyday thing. Dang, be still and let God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what 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 you what you said, what both you said were. Uh, I loved that I, I the the phrase I can't do this, and and I I was uh, I was speaking to a guy earlier this week, and and he in the in the message said I I just don't think I can go through this again, and how I you hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. Yeah, I I hate that person. I can't I can't forgive them. I I can't pay this bill. I can't get a new job. I can't, I can't get better. I'm, I'm always going to be this way. You know, and, and I, when I hear those phrases, the first thing, and this isn't because I was born this way. The first thing I, I, this is a, a conditioned response. When I hear that I, I can't do this is yeah, you absolutely can't. Mm -hmm. There's no way, shape or form. Can you do these things? And God says the same thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <sighs> it's a big thing about it happen. This person's, this person's about to do this or this person's about to do that. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't, there's no way you could handle that, but I can. Mm -hmm. And my knee jerk reaction now isn't, I, I can't, it's, it's, he can. So I, I have to let him. The I can't, he can, so I'm going to let him. I can't. I left to my own devices. I'm beyond useless. I, I, t I destroy everything in my path. Left to my own devices. When I do my own will, it my track record isn't good. I can't, but he can. And there's the last part that I, letting him. You know, you, you may listening and say, well, well, if he can, why doesn't he? have you asked him to? Mm -hmm. Yes, I've asked him to. Okay, but are you like saying, here, take this, like you're holding a bag 
And then God reaches for that bag, but you're still holding on to it. Mm-hmm. And then you go to God, God, why aren't you taking the bag? Because God's like, well, you're still holding on to it very firmly too. <laughs> but take the bag. I've already asked you to. Yeah, well, you have to let it go. Mm-hmm. You have to let this go. Let it go. Let it go. God doesn't wrestle too often. If I'm holding on to the bag, God doesn't. Yeah. God says, oh, if you still want it, it's yours. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's yours. Left to my own devices. Most, most all of my problems in my life had in some form or fashion been of my own doing. And, and yeah, I've, I've been the victim in some instances I have, but my response to those instances were of my own doing. Holding on to it for as long as I did was my own doing. Having sheer resentment, hatred for the people that have done those things to me, that's my own doing. That's no longer theirs. I have, I have long been but a sentence in their story. Yeah. And they're on chapters far yeah. ahead. <laughs> they didn't, they're not rereading that sentence over and over, but it's, it's, it's my own doing and how I want to respond. Mm-hmm. Everything I've done in my life is I have an opportunity today. Today I have an opportunity to, to do it differently if I want to. Sadly, because we're humans and this is our nature, we will not, we won't change because as pastor Jessica said, just be, just being same things comfortable. That's comfortable. Yeah. But you've gotten comfortable with bleeding. You've you've numbed yourself to the uh, to the the even the sheer pain of your your ankle bleeding out because because you're you're because you're a strong warrior, right? Because it doesn't hurt that bad. Because everyone hurts a little bit. But I'll tell you this that if you change your, your attitude and outlook upon the situation that you're resenting right now, if you go to God honestly, like Megan was, honestly and strongly go to him, you'll be free. It's not an if. It's not a 90% chance of rain. It is a 100% chance of downpour Yeah. if you go to him and go honestly. He will, he will show up. He will show up. Amen to that. Yeah. Um, as a parent of two, you, um, you have to teach kids to apologize and forgive very early in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I remember when my kids were little, uh, you know, you, they fight and you bring them in front of you and you say, okay, like you need to say when you did that, that hurt my feelings. And then the other one says, I, you know, I'm sorry I did that. And then you go back to the first and they say, I forgive you. And then you hug and then you're over it. (laughs) And I remember when my daughter went to school and she was like, "Uh, somebody hurt my feelings and I talked to them and they didn't apologize. And so I couldn't forgive them. And it made me realize I still look for apologies like that to this day. Like I, Mm. I had to give up the thought that somebody was ever going to come to me and be like, I'm sorry that happened. Mm for me to be able to forgive them. Yes. There's so often times where you don't get the apology. You don't get the other person realizing and saying, communicating to you, like, I'm sorry, I hurt you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you don't often get the face-to-face apologies and forgiving. Most often it's just, you know, sending the forgiveness up to God. Yeah. And... Uh, Letting him handle the rest. Like Pastor Sean said, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. Mm. But are you going to let that become the thing that consumes you? Mm-hmm. 
that you'll burn down your house for. Oh, I love that line. You burn down your house to get the rat. Or are you going to get on your knees and are you going to give it to Jesus? Right. I love it. I love it. Well, that's a good wrap on on, on this episode. Hey, thank you for listening. Um, Thanks, guys. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, that way we know you're there. That's it. That, yeah. That way we know you're yeah. there. <laughs> and you know when the new- newest, latest, and greatest episode is out, it'll ding <laughs> ya. Thank you, Pastor Jessica, for filling in these last two weeks. Yeah, thank you for having me. Pastor Dallas should be for, uh, back from the faraway land of Israel oh next gosh. week. Oh, my gosh. She's going to come just like so full of all the things. Yeah, he's just going to be dropping <laughs> yeah. all of his new knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I assume he's going to come back with a, one curl in his yeah. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please uh, rate and review it. That would be uh, really sweet too. So uh, and, until next week, uh, I did get a text and said they loved it. Really? I did. Wow. Alrighty. Well, come hungry because we're going <laughs> to nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Chew on that. 